it's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Well, top of the morning to you this St. Patrick's Day. Uh, we're going to have a uh, St. Patty's Day edition of the Tom Sumner program. It seemed appropriate to start out with. That was the uh, Kaiser Family Band performing um, Irish Washerwoman uh, live on the Tom Sumner program 10 years ago or more. And uh, I always like to start St. Patrick's Day uh shows with that performance because it was just so amazing to have all that music live in the studio. I miss those days, folks, and hope to uh, get back to that where we can have live music on the show because we uh, have the room in the studio. But we have room in the studio for a great show today. Uh, Slancha to you all. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the best places to celebrate St. Patty's Day. Um or, in other words, the most Irish cities in America, according to a study done by the folks at Lawn Starter. They do these really cool studies throughout the year that they post up on their website and they share with uh, people like us. 
And um, I'll have uh, Editor-in-Chief Jeff Herman will be joining me shortly, just, just in a few minutes. And then in the middle, it's, a, it's an encore. Um, I, I can't remember when we did this, uh, 2018, 19, maybe. It was pre-pandemic. But uh, National Geographic came out with uh, a book. It was, basically, it's the World Atlas of Beer. <laughs> and and uh, contributors uh, and editors um, Patterson and Holston Poland will uh, join me coming up in the middle uh, of our three-hour tour, the, the second hour, to talk about beer around the world. That seems kind of appropriate for St. Patty's Day. In fact, I think it was a show we did leading up to St. Patrick's Day uh, when it was originally aired. And then in the third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to learn how to move from stress to peace with neurotransformational coach Rachel Tenenbaum. She teaches leaders how to diffuse stress, uh, catapult collaboration, foster innovation, retrain their brain, and lead others in a process she calls PEACE. PEACE being an acronym for pause, embrace, acknowledge, choose and engage anyway she's a lot of fun and uh, so she fits right in here with our uh, st patty's day celebration and uh, i hope you'll uh, i hope you'll enjoy it i hope when you're out celebrating today enjoying the food and drink associated with uh, st patty's day that you will um Make sure and, and have a designated driver or uh, use public transportation. Maybe call your ride. A um, number of different options other than driving. Keep yourself safe so you can uh, join us for Memorial Day and lots of other holidays coming up throughout the year. Um, anyway, as I mentioned, we're going to start talking about some of the cities that have... Uh, that that are deemed the most Irish by Lawn Starter with um, uh, who's joining me? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The editor in chief, Jeff Herman. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We're gonna get your St. Patty's Day started. So top of the morning to you, Slancha, and all that good stuff. Um, stay tuned. <music> Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, my guest this hour is from Lawn Starter. He is their editor-in-chief, and we're going to find out what, what that means. But Lawn Starter does uh, a number of different surveys and, and research on cities around the country, and uh, they've done one um, for 2022 of the most Irish cities in America, and what's more appropriate on St. Patty's Day than a chat about uh, the most Irish cities in America with um, Jeff Herman from Lawn Starter, who joins me by phone. Good morning, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Top of the morning to you, Tom. <laughs> we mentioned that just before we went on the air, and I, I, I almost stole it from you. <laughs> I thought I'd leave that one for you. But how do you come up with these ideas for the different surveys that Lawn Starter does? 
we try and find those topics that people are thinking about. Obviously, the calendar today is St. Patrick's Day. So what are the most Irish cities? The writer for this story is Irish, Brenda Stewart. And so she wanted to be able to tell people about the Irish cities in America. So it made perfect sense. And we're, we're a company that's all about lawn care, and lawn care is green. So it seems a perfect holiday for us to celebrate because everything about St. Patrick's Day is green. Well, and and March is is kind of interesting because it's the first you know the first day of spring comes up in March, St. Patty's Day. There are a number of things that that if if they don't kick off spring and summer, they at least get us started thinking about them. Absolutely. It's the time of year when everything is reborn, and it just is a really great time of year. And when it comes to lawn care, you have to fertilize, you have to get your pre-emergent herbicides out there, and you have to take care of your lawn so that it's green all summer long. Now, in this um, in this survey of the most Irish cities in America, were there any surprises, or or was a lot of it sort of as expected? I mean, everybody knows Boston is probably going to be the number one most Irish city in America. Right. I think when you got a little bit further down on the list, you had a few more surprises. Spokane, Washington, I don't think of as a very Irish city. That's uh, number eight. Syracuse, New York, uh, number nine. Worcester, Massachusetts, number 10. Buffalo, New York at number 11. You know, some of the cities further down on the list are kind of surprises. But when you think of the top, Boston, no surprise. Chicago, not a big surprise. You're familiar with the Green River. They dye the river green every year. New York, obviously, you know, very Irish. Pittsburgh, that's actually a bit of a surprise. Uh, but so many of the people who are workers in Pittsburgh trace their heritage to Irish. So that's how they came up uh, as, as number four because the percentage of Irish in pittsburgh naperville is number five and they are a suburb of chicago so that's why they're there philadelphia has the second largest irish parade in the country second longest so um that's why they're at number six denver is number three with a big irish parade so that's why they're number seven so when you got a little bit beyond that list you started to realize that there are some people some cities that have uh irish uh, celebrations that maybe aren't quite as big as those big cities that we mentioned. And I was a little surprised that uh, that Chicago ranked ahead of New York. I, I wasn't surprised that Chicago was in the top five or, or certainly the top ten because of the Green River and because they they do it up pretty big. But New York has such a huge Irish population. Right. The difference is that when you figure the overall population of New York and the percentage of people who are Irish, because New York is so much more of a, a large metropolitan area and the number of people, the actual percentage of Irish residents per 100,000 is smaller than Chicago. So that's why Chicago was higher in that group. The population ranked Chicago as number 92 and uh, New York was number 163. And it's you know St. Patrick's Day is is kind of one of those days sort of sort of like New Year's Eve where it's so associated with consumption of alcohol and yet um, these days uh, consuming alcohol especially binge drinking is is sort of frowned upon. Um, are, are those customs still alive and well? 
Oh, I did some homework before the phone call, and yes, indeed, uh, Flint has all sorts of celebrations for bars and restaurants, so if you're thirsty for celebrating St. Patrick's Day with a fuzzy leprechaun, well, that's the Burger Bar and Tap. Um, He also has a nutty Irishman, so these are drinks that you can have. But more than anything else, the cuisine is everything from your traditional corned beef to a turkey Reuben, or if you want to go really sort of new age, uh, there's a uh, place in Flint that has a vegan Reuben this year. So there's all sorts of things that you can think of. If you don't want to go the alcohol route, you could also just celebrate your Irish history with, with great food. And, um, you know, just in case you don't want to have green beer, have some green tea instead. You know, Flint has, uh, I'm glad you brought Flint up, Jeff, because uh, Flint has a pretty active uh, chapter of the uh, uh, ancient order of Hibernians. And and they they pick a, uh, um, I, I, I can't remember if it's... Uh, Miss St. Patrick's Day or Miss Ireland or something, but but they have a lot of events and pageantry on St. Patty's Day, um, and and you don't think of Flint as being a really Irish town, right? But you find that clusters and communities within a big city that are Irish or whatever the uh, ethnic orientation, those are a great time, like on St. Patrick's Day, to celebrate that heritage. And so that's a really cool thing that you have in Flint with all these different uh, celebrations. Is St. Patrick's Day a bigger party day in the U.S. than it is in Ireland proper? I think it has become so uh, here in the U.S. It's a chance to just really drink green beer and have a great time. Um, I think in Irish, it's maybe not concentrated on St. Patrick's Day. It's maybe a little bit more part of part of the overall environment of Ireland. Well, they do, um, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of a family traditional sort of celebration of St. Patrick's Day with church in the morning and then family gathering for a big meal later in the day. And, you know, it's it's celebrated a little differently. I, I mean, here you can have whiskey for breakfast. Right. I was surprised by that. You know, an Irish breakfast shot, I had to look up what that was. I had no idea. But at the same time, church is also a part of many of the Irish celebrations here in the United States because some of the some of the uh, bishops are actually part of the, they, they celebrate Mass on St. Patrick's Day. So it's it's part of it here, but I don't know as many people really go to church on St. Patrick's Day as they want to go out and celebrate with their friends at bars or restaurants. There's a, a Catholic church that, that holds a St. Patrick's Day Mass in Flint that starts, I, I can't remember if it's 1201 or 1205, but it starts at an odd time because Irish people are always late. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, That's it, really funny. And it's part of their tradition, you know, and they make fun of it and, and all, all of that. More with Jeff Herman from Lawn Starter about the most Irish cities in America straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-Double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places. So be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Vi from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County. Where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods. And in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Hi, I'm State Representative Sarah Anthony. Our community and communities across the country are seeing a rise in gun violence. Firearm injuries are one of the leading causes of death among children. Parents, it is your responsibility to know where your firearm is at all times. First, lock your gun away somewhere safe. Also, make sure that it is disassembled and unloaded. It's up to us to prevent gun violence in our community.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Jeff Herman from Lawn Starter about the most Irish cities in America straight ahead. What were the criteria you used to rank the cities? We've mentioned the parade, and you talked about some of the food offerings that... Uh, that are happening uh, in Irish pubs and in other uh, venues in Flint. But what what were all the criteria used in in uh, ranking these cities? We looked at the percentage of Irish population, the number of Irish restaurants and pubs, and the number of St. Patrick's Day and other Irish cultural events, uh, and the number of Irish cultural groups and organizations. And that's how we pulled it all together. Brenda did a similar story about three years ago, and she looked at Google Trends. And the cities were pretty much the same, um, but we, we added a lot more metrics to that this year as opposed to just Google Trends information for you know what people were looking for in relation to Irish food or, or, or pubs uh, three years ago. We, we added a lot more to it this year to be a little bit more comprehensive and a little bit more data-focused. And, and were there surprises uh, aside from the rankings and what cities ranked where on the list were there some surprises about the things that were going on in various places i i would think that for a lot of people in the u.s the fact that chicago throws dye markers into the river and dyes the river green on uh, saint patrick's day would be a bit of a surprise Right. That was a huge, you know, I guess people were kind of familiar with Chicago, but the huge surprise for me was that some of these parades go for six hours or five hours. And, you know, I'm the guy who put in that line that, you know, if you're going to go to the St. Patrick's Day in Denver, you better bring a green blanket and lawn chair because that parade's going to last five hours. You want to be comfortable to watch the parade. Right. Uh, and so many things this year, they're happening again for the first time in two years because of COVID. So for two years, the... Irish parades have been on hold in many cities. So it's kind of a nice time to be able to see that things are becoming a little bit more back to the way they used to be. Where we're able to actually celebrate our heritage and, you know, go eat and drink and, you know, and at the same time watch a parade outside. I, you know, a lot of things, as, as you talked, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Jeff, we're, we're struggling to get back to normal and, and uh, reassessing what normal is post-pandemic, um, a, a, lot of, a lot of events have um, just succumbed to the, to the temporary nature of doing things by Zoom. And as, as we come out of the pandemic, some of those things are staying. Um, is, is, are the cities that are, that are doing it up big for St. Patrick's Day um, are there any that that are staying with something more virtual, or um, are, are they getting back to you know the five six hour parades? It seems like they're getting back to the five six hour parades, but you're finding that a lot of things people have become a little bit more used to socializing online. Right. So you have community groups where you have Zoom meetings, or I spoke to Sioux City yesterday. And they had a huge presentation for the Irish history of Sioux City, but it was supposed to be in March of last year. 
And instead, they wound up uh, promoting that in August because, again, the whole the whole reason for celebrating in March of last year was just tabled until some other time. So it's it's kind of interesting how we're we're getting back to a little bit normal, but at the same time, it still feels just a little bit strange. People traveling today are saying that you know it's 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 odd to be traveling for business again. I guess it's the same thing when people are celebrating today. They may feel just a little bit odd. They're either going to do it really up because they haven't done it for two years, or they're just going to be taking it a little bit more cautiously since they haven't done it for two years. Um, where do you get the data from to rank these different cities? You know, I understand, you know, population is, is pretty easy to find and, uh, um, you know some of the some of the big citywide events, but how do you find out the little detaily stuff? Right, the the population data was from the U.S. Census Bureau, and then the other sources include the Coalition of Irish Immigration Centers because you're able to plot that and be able to see where that information comes from. Um, Google Events. Uh, the Ireland Funds, Irish American Heritage Museum, Irish Network USA, uh, Meetups, and Trans Celtic, and TripAdvisor. So that's how we pulled all the information for what's out there. We actually looked at the events to be able to filter things out that weren't Irish-related but just had Irish in the name so that we were able to come up with what's most important and what's most relevant for those Irish events in each particular of those 200 cities. And it's only 200. So, you know, cities like Flint, they didn't make the cut only because of population. But you have gems across the country that have names like Shamrock or Dublin, Ohio, <laughs> these places. Sure. They have huge Irish traditions, and their their names are actually turning back to Ireland. So, you know, they just didn't make the list, but, you know, they are very Irish, too. Are some of the, the big events... Um, you know the the parades in Boston and New York and Denver and and um, the the parties along the river in Chicago and so on. Um, do they draw people from around the country, or is St. Patrick's Day kind of a party in place event? I think it's a regional party in place because. It, Brenda, who wrote the story, she lives in Denver, and people come from all over Colorado for the Denver celebration. So anything within that driving distance of Denver, people come for. And um, that's probably the same in Chicago and New York City. It's probably not something you necessarily fly into New York for uh, St. Patrick's Day celebration. But if you're within driving distance or you know train distance, Yes, it's an, it's a reason to get together and to go to the city where there's a big party. I just wondered if there was any kind of uh, draw to you know, say Boston, you know, to to celebrate St. Patrick's Day in Boston or in New York, the way people used to try and make it to Times Square for New Year's Eve. Right, uh, you're probably right. Boston is probably the place that people would fly in to do that on, you know, because where else are you going to get the best corned beef, cabbage in uh, the United <laughs> States but Boston? But at the same and, time, and a you decent know, uh, chowder on the side. Right, exactly, <laughs> and maybe some shepherd's pie too. Um, Indeed. And and in fact, I looked at the shepherd's pie at one of the places there in Flint lamb oh my gosh it sounded so good i was really hungry this morning (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I can remember there was a uh, a place. Um, oh, it was Patty Patty McGee's was the name of the the bar, and it's closed ten or fifteen years ago. But they used to open up at at some ridiculous hour, four or five o'clock in the morning, and people would be lined up around the block trying to get in and buy food and and have a glass you know have a mug of green beer um for St. Patrick's Day and it was like that all day long just lined up out of the building you know i don't think it's necessarily that you know they were just open at the crack of midnight but so many irish workers through the years they work third shift they work different shifts so they were up all hours of the night. So when they got off work, it was a great place to be able to go. When they got off work, whatever time that was, to be able to have, you know, a buffet of Irish food or, you know, a green beer or a Guinness or, you know, Irish people, they get the job done. They work so many, they're, they're just really hard workers and they've done so many things and so many jobs. And, you know, the time of day, it, it's much like they, I worked in newspapers and they had a mass at a crazy hour when the big newspapers all finished publishing for the day. So it's it's just, I guess they realize that different people work different shifts, and they want to be there for them whenever they need it. Well, and and I'm not surprised that some of those uh, some of those customs and traditions are practiced in Flint because Flint was a factory town. You know, with it was a three shift town. Right. Um, there, there were traffic jams at midnight, you know, and, and at five and six in the morning, you know, when the different shifts would change, um, and and there were people who did happy hour at six o'clock in the morning. Right, it makes perfect sense. Grand City, Illinois, was the same way when the steel mill shut down for the day, or that shift changed. All of a sudden, you know, the the streets were crowded with people getting off work and and looking to get a drink someplace. Now, Jeff, where where are you um, living? I'm in Dallas, Texas, and we had the big North Texas Irish Festival last weekend, and the really? parade will be here. So, you know, it's it's going to be a big deal here in in Dallas too. I, I was going to ask, do you have anything special you do on St. Patrick's Day, or are you celebrating it because Lawn Starter has this really cool study to talk about? Um, I'm I'm doing uh, the, the call today, but more than anything else, I just celebrate by wearing green. I'm part Irish, but more German. So my Irish heritage is to just celebrate the the colors, maybe not drink any green beer, but you know, uh, we will have the traditional Irish dinner. Yeah, tonight, but German and Irish and beer's got to be in there somewhere, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but you know, yeah, I don't, I don't make a whole special trip to go to a bar for anything like this. Uh, but you know, it's the traditional food, um, and you know, celebrating like that. And you know, with with your coworkers virtually, when they see you on a Zoom call today, you really have to be wearing green. <laughs> You just oh, have yeah. to have green when when you're wearing for for St. Patrick's Day because it, it's it's just a great way to connect with your coworkers. Yeah, I imagine there are going to be a lot of Zoom meetings with uh, screens that have um, clovers, you know, in the borders. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know, it's, we're a totally virtual company, so 
um, they have a contest going on for, you know, the people who have the most green or, you know, colorful or whatever like that. You know, we're still out of COVID, but at the same time, you try and find ways to celebrate no matter where people are and to keep your teams engaged. And, you know, this is one of those ways that you try and do that is, you know, you, you have these events where, where people can win, you know, a gift card or, you know, uh, something that they can spend to go out with dinner with uh, their family and friends. Now, uh, I think it's, is it um, next Saturday or next Sunday or the Sunday after or something is, is the first day of spring. Um, how much of a, of a kickoff to the season is it for, uh, for Lawn Starter? Or is Lawn Starter pretty busy all year round? It's a big deal for us. We've been gearing up for this to have people manning the phones and staffing the phones because people will be wanting their grass mode. So we're on standby for that. And at the same time, labor is a challenge all over for every industry. And it's a challenge for us, too, because when you're trying to get pros who will mow other people's grass, you really struggle to do that when there are so many other jobs out there for other people. And you know, it's, it's a challenge to get the pros in place. And then they have the phones in place. And at the same time, we also have on, on the site, in case you want to take care of your yard yourself, everything you need to know, fertilization, watering schedules, uh, pre-emergent herbicides, everything you need to know to do it yourself. And at the same time, we're staffed up for what will be the start of the peak season for us. Around the country, it is just starting to get, the grass is starting to green up around the country. Uh, you know, Florida and Texas, they've been mowing grass, you know, pretty much year round, but, um, the rest of the country, it, it's green up season. And is there a, a specific date that it kicks off or it, is it dependent on certain weather factors and, and what are those things that, that alert people, Hey, it's time to get busy. Or is it just looking out and seeing, you know, that your grass is knee high? It's a combination of both things, but more than anything else, it depends on how cold it's been and how long that cold has lasted through the year. So things are running a little bit later this year because of the cold fronts that have swept across the country. And particularly, you know, I'm in Dallas, so I've been hit with more cold than usual this year. Um, but once that cold has passed, your grass will start to grow again. And when it starts to grow again, if you know what kind of grass you have, when it reaches that level that you need to cut it, that's when you start cutting your first mow of the season. But you have to kind of know what your grass type is and then keep track of the season. As I mentioned, you know, I can see from my Facebook photos that many of the things that were in bloom this time last year, they're not there yet. And as soon as they're in bloom, I'll know that it's time for me to start taking care of my grass. What are some of the other... Um surveys that uh, Lawn Starter does throughout the year? We've had everything from uh, surveys about how to uh, best cities for dog walkers. And, you know, again, we did one for best cities, uh, Texas cities for food truck lovers because food trucks are a really big deal down here. Um, best cities for crafting. And there's actually a contest in there that if you send us your grass art uh, pictures of that, we'll give you a gift card for grass or whatever you want to do. Most glamorous cities in the U.S., um, best cities for cheese lovers, uh, most festive cities, because that was around the holidays, uh, best states for managing waste, most generous cities, because that's around the time of Thanksgiving, when right after Thanksgiving you have Giving Tuesday. 
And uh, again, right. it's the, also the season when we we waste so much. So that was the the states that waste the most food for Thanksgiving dinners and all the things that we we celebrate with food that well we don't eat at all. <laughs> when, when you mention cheese lovers, um, are are the the best cities for cheese lovers primarily in dairy states like Wisconsin and? Michigan, Iowa, uh, you, Nebraska. You would think that, but we actually found a survey of you know the the cheese awards, and that spread things out a little bit wider than just uh, the the cheese states that you traditionally think of. So you know places like Chicago and and San Francisco and and you know those kinds of cities made that list. It wasn't all concentrated in Wisconsin. And there were a couple um, of <laughs> surveys that uh, Lone Starter did that got my attention. One was best cities for hipsters, but one that really caught my attention is best cities for living without a car. Right, and that is one that we're increasingly finding, you know, for me, I walk all over before I go to work. Uh, and there are more people who are living without a car because it's an urban area. It's a great way to uh, help the environment by less fuel emissions and at the same time it just does your body good to walk or bike to work whenever you can or you know take mass transit it saves you money it saves you uh it helps your body it helps your mind it helps me think to go walking instead of taking the car places well you know i would expect uh, you know new york because of its uh subway system um chicago again uh, they have a, a an above-ground rail system. But I would think mass transit would drive that a little bit, no pun intended. But um, but I wonder, are cities, are alternative forms of transportation growing in cities around the country? And is it is it making it, um, are there more cities that are good for living without a car now? Mass transit is a huge part of it, but again, that's something that's also coming back after COVID. Many people didn't want to ride mass transit during COVID, but uh, I was working on something for Tallahassee yesterday, and they have a free trolley system around downtown, so that helps you get around without taking a car, and it's free, and it's back working, so you know, when you have opportunity to do this in your city, it just makes things so much simpler. And at the same time, uh, we've got ride sharing. There's so many ways to live without a car today that we didn't have five or ten years ago. And and some that we had a hundred years ago and just quit using for some reason. Right. Uh, growing up in St. Louis, we had streetcars, and then the streetcars all went away. My mom was on streetcars. And now, oddly enough, there's the, the light rail system from the airport to downtown and other parts of the metro area. Uh, so streetcars are back, but as light rail instead. My guest is Jeff Herman. He is the uh, editor-in-chief for um, Lawn Starter. What does it mean to be the editor-in-chief for Lawn Starter? Well, what I try and do most is to make sure that we tell stories that help people to take care of their own grass. And, you know, that way, if you're looking for anything to what are the best mowers, What's going to help you to be able to take care of your lawn, um, weed whackers, anything that you need? We can help you to be smart about maintaining your own lawn. Oh, and sure, if it turns out that it's too much trouble for you or you don't have the time, we can take that chore off of your hands. 
but we also want to make sure that you have all the information to be able to do it yourself. Well, Jeff, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, and I get the biggest kick out of some of these things that you um, that you take a look and, and compile this information and release these various uh, surveys like the, the one we were talking about earlier, um, which is appropriate for today, the most Irish cities in America for 2022. Where can people uh, dig in a little deeper on this study and some of the others that Lawnstarter has done? Well, on the Lawnstarter blog, there's a tab for studies, so you can see all of the studies there. If you go to the Lawnstarter blog and studies, you'll see all of them listed there. That's the easiest way to see all of them through the course of the year. Uh, and that St. Patrick's Day study story will be right at the top. And that's uh, Lawnstarter.com. That is correct. Well, Jeff, thanks so much, and uh, happy St. Patty's Day, and, and I guess the greeting is slancha. <laughs> that works. And uh, just when you're celebrating today, if you do have green beer, don't drink too much because you'll be feeling green tomorrow. <laughs> Good point. And don't drive. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Jeff, take care, and uh, and have a great day. Thanks so much, Tom. All right. Bye-bye. Again, that was uh, Jeff Herman, who uh, is editor-in-chief for Lawn Starter. And uh, every year they do uh, a number of, throughout the year, a number of uh, surveys on different things. Their most recent, or the one we were talking about today, was most Irish U.S. cities. And, uh, and they rank them for a bunch of different things. They've also done uh, surveys like most glamorous cities in the U.S., uh, best states to start a farm or ranch, um, best wine counties outside California. A lot of lot of interesting things that you uh, can find out at their website, plus some information that might be useful to you for uh, care and maintenance of, uh, of your yard and outdoor living spaces. Um, on that note, we're going to take a uh, short break and continue with our celebration of St. Patty's Day on the Tom Sumner program.
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, file a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Loan Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Quiplet Technology, My Community College, it's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. 
Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I said no, I didn't no. want to take it. No, sometimes you're not supposed to say no. Well, sometimes a fellow doesn't feel like taking it, he just stands right up and says no. I didn't want to I didn't Tommy. know it upset you this much. I just don't well, want look to take what it. Did to the song. No. Too bad you caught me on an off night like that. I just don't want to take it Tommy, when a fellow stands folk up and says always take it. I just I You know that? You haven't even read the folk singer's guidebook. You oh, You haven't even read the folk singer's credo. You, you don't know what it is to be a folk singer. Oh. You're a big phony. You? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Tell me, have you read the folk singer's credo? Yeah, well, Are you a folk singer? Yes, I are. Okay. Then you've read the guidebook, right? And you've read the credo. I Remember did. when you got your guitar, it came with a book? Came with a book and an Arthur Godfrey chord changer. Yeah, I read Mom read it to me. Yeah, okay. What does the folk credo say? It says, all folk singers are obligated... To do what? Dickie, I didn't know. Obligated to do what? I, I, I don't remember what it, what it said there. Say the whole credo. Come on. All folk singers, folk singers are, are obligated, obligated to, to take it. That's right. He said to take it. If you feel like it. If you no, don't feel like it. No, it doesn't say if you feel like it. It says all folk singers are obligated to take it without hesitation, without thinking. They're to take it like a reflex. You, take it, Tom. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, well, so when know, I say take it, I want to see you hop to it all the time, every time. Dickie the Dictator. Boil that cabbage down. Take it, Tom. Boom, 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 all the time. <laughs> Hundreds of years ago, the railroad started in America. Rugged men of yesteryear went out in the vast wilderness of early America with a great dream in their minds, and vision in their eyes, and big nine-pound hammers clasped in their hands. These were men of yesteryear building a vast railroad, a vast spiderweb of steel rails spanning across the width and breadth of the country toiling and inching their way under the, under the lucky old sun. 
They inch and toil their way across the vast bosom of America. <laughs> I'll throw a little sex in the show. All right, all right. That's enough. But this wasn't just a fun job. You're a real garbage mouth, you know that? You're talking about history, remember? Well, there was... There, these railroad men, it wasn't fun. They faced dangers. These men of yesterday, where they went, there lurked dangers. Some of the railroad men, they'd be working in the mountains, and in the mountains, there's a lot of, lot of dangers lurking in the mountains. These railroad men sometimes would stop at like at night when they were resting. Sometimes there's more the nervous. Some of the nervous railroad men, they'd jump out of bed in the middle of the night. They'd say, "Hey, I saw a danger lurk." <laughs> What kind of dangers? There was dangers lurking in the mountains and they had to build the railroads across raging deserts and blazing rivers and across the plains of America and there lurked dangers. Tommy, raging deserts and blazing rivers? They were tough, man, to get across those. Yeah, I think so. And these railroad men, to make it even worse, they, they were fearless men. They had to build railroads. Wait till you hear this. They had to build railroads across crevices, deep crevices in the ground. These railmen had to span these crevices with big railroad pretzels. And in the bottom of these crevices, oftentimes in the bottom of these crevices, there lurked pumas. Vicious pu that's right, pumas with claws and that's foam wrong. coming out of these there pumas' mouths. Tommy, that's wrong. And they have bad breath, too. There weren't any pumas down there. There was the pumas, and these oh, railmen, they'd say, Wow, look at those pumas down Stop there in the crevice. There, there weren't any pumas. Hey, I don't want to build a railroad across this crevice. I don't care what you say. There's pumas in them. Tommy, for crying out loud, there were no pumas in the there, crevices. There, there wasn't was, even one puma in one crevice. There, there was, there there was, was not. <laughs> there was three pumas in the crevice. Mama puma and papa puma and baby. baby puma. <laughs> Who's been sleeping in my crevice? <laughs> Do you want me to tell you why there were no pumas in the crevices? There was pumas. You want me to tell you why? There, the reason there weren't any, we don't have any pumas in this country. There, you see? There are no pumas in America. We, we accept everybody in America, Dickie. That's right, we do. But do you want to keep your story truthful? Yes, historically I, correct? Yes, I do. And get rid of the pumas right now. I'm not going down that crevice. Well, there was these vicious beasts in these crevices, and these railroad men were sore afraid. And these railroad men come up to these crevices, they say, Wow, look at those vicious beasts in the crevices! <laughs> sure smell like pumas. Hey, put that out. But they weren't. But they weren't. And these railroad men were sore afraid. Yet the railroads were completed. Yes, Americans. We can look back with pride on the historical archises of American history, where these men of yesteryear completed this giant task, the transcontinental railroads. It took a Herculean effort on the part of these men, but the task was completed. And, and you're probably saying, you probably wonder, when since this song coming? Maybe. Well, a big feast transpired, and a sole substance for this feast, for these ravenous railroad men of yesteryear, and this big feast, the sole substance was hotcakes boiled in cabbage juice. 
big giant uh, pancakes um, boil in a pot of uh, cabbage juice for several hours. <laughs> then they'd eat it. <laughs> Hot cakes and cabbage juice, those guys all think it's swell. But every time I eat the stuff, I always feel like bleh. Oh, boil that cabbage down, boy, turn that old kick round. The only song I ever did sing is boil that cabbage down. Working on the railroad, working all day long. Take it. When someone says, take it, you're supposed to take it. I suppose you've read the folk singer Credo, you shot your mouth off about it enough, and then when I say take it, you didn't take it. When someone says take it, you're supposed I'm, to take I'm it. Are you a folk singer? I'm very sorry. Don't get belligerent. I, why didn't you take it? When someone I'm not says, trying to get belligerent because you were absolutely right. You stood Boy, up. that really makes me angry when a guy doesn't take it. That's right, and it makes me angry too. And I think anybody who doesn't take it should be severely chastised, Tom. Because you were right. The way you said take it was in a true folk tradition. You stood up there on your own two feet and you said take it with authority. You knew what you were doing. You're a, a man who, who knows where he's going. That's the way you were. You said take it. And I didn't take it. I know that I didn't take it. I, I don't know what happened. I, I assumed, see, I assumed you were going to take it. Well, but you're supposed to... I know to... it. I'm supposed to take it. A folk singer should never assume anybody else is going to take it. And I should have, I should have known. I should have been alert. And I, and I wasn't. I... I guess my mind was just wandering, that's all, and I, I apologize for not taking it. Now, I assure you, I'll do my best to see that it, it never, ever happens again, honestly. I'll let it go this time. Working on the railroad, working all day long, take it. Working, 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 working. Boil the cabbage down, boys, turn, turn, oh, kick round. The only song I ever did sing, boil the cabbage, boil the cabbage down, boy. Turn that old cake round. The only song I ever did sing is boil that cabbage down. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Tom Sumner program.com the Tom Sumner program.com the Tom Sumner program.com from the Tom Sumner Pilots, get off of my lawn! We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on!
Come on, get out of here. <laughs>